Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. Take some time every day. I call it meditate. Now, it freaks a lot of people out because it, it conjures up, you know, lotus position and ohm and things like that. But right. meditate means it means shut the hell up. Don't say anything and don't look at a screen. Just shut up for 15 minutes because something interesting is going to happen. Within about five minutes, you're going to realize that there is a talker inside of your head that doesn't shut up. And you have to listen to it and you listen to what you're saying to yourself. And it's only about three things, about yourself, about other people, and about the world around you. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. What's going on, y'all? I hope all is well. hope everybody's staying healthy, staying safe. Today, I got the chance to interview Mr. Joseph McClendon, who is a performance coach, one of Tony Robinson's top speakers, We got into a great dialogue about many things. First of all, he talked about his truth, how he was able to get out of feeling victimized and stop having the the pity party he was having. He talks about his tell, show, try and do technique, which helps you to stay positive. We talked about how to stay optimistic in light of all the negative uh, media and, and Internet and everything going on in the world right now. He gives some really practical tips on that. He talks about, (laughs) this is what I love, how moving your ass can uh, keep you in a certain mind state of of optimism and positivity. I mean, there's actually real science behind this, folks, so you got to check it out. Finally, we ended with a message to his son, what he would tell his son if he, he died tomorrow. What's the one lesson he wanted his son to know? Very important stuff, very impactful stuff. Close your eyes and open your ears and enjoy. Hey, guys, one thing I forgot to tell you is that at the end of the show, Joseph explains how you can get access to a free program that normally costs $400, but it's going to be free to you as a listener of the truth prescription. It's called the mastery of self-certainty. So if you just listen to the end of the show, he'll tell you exactly how to access it. Don't go to his website, because if you go to his website, you're going to have to pay $400. (laughs) Okay. All right. Enjoy the show. Good people, welcome back to another episode of the True Prescription Podcast. Today, I have Dr. Joseph McClendon III. Joseph, what's up? Gotta be you, my friend, and I'm glad you got that third right, because a lot of people (laughs) leave it off, and I don't want to confuse with any of the other Joseph McClendons you might know. The second, the one, (laughs) the the first, or the fourth, your, uh, your son. So Joseph is a PhD and has a PhD, holds a PhD in neuropsychology, is a sought after performance coach, uh, well known for his work with Tony Robbins. He was once homeless. He was once almost killed because of his skin color. 
But since then, he's spoken to more than four and a half million people all over the world. So we are very excited to have him. I'm very excited to have him talk to us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, my friend. Pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Joseph, let's jump right into the truth prescription. As my listeners know, this show is about tackling truth, the truth inside of us, the truth outside of us. Often because the truth is uncomfortable, we ignore it. We don't like it. It doesn't feel good. But what I try to teach and what I try to tell folk is that once you accept that truth, whatever it is, whatever real that's going on in your life, you'll have a breakthrough. So tell my listeners, Joseph, about a time when there was a truth either you were ignoring or weren't aware of that once you accepted it, massive change happened. Well, it's interesting because as you asked that question, I was thinking about, I was taught the truth. I was fortunate enough to have two great, amazing parents. Mm. My father was military and my mother was an opera singer. So they were both very disciplined people. Wow. Okay. They taught us the truth. And the truth was five things, integrity, tenacity, energy, joyfulness, and kindness. And those okay. are the things that they, that they preach to us. And I had that all growing up until, as you said before, when I was 17 and a half years old, three grown men tried to take my life because of the color of my skin. Yeah. And that destroyed all of that. My dignity, everything, everything went out the window. I wound up homeless within nine months time. I was homeless living in a cardboard box. Wow. And at that time I was blaming everybody else but myself. Well, I take that back. I was even blaming myself as well because I think it was because of the way that I was raised. I blamed them less than I blamed myself. I would say it was the wrong place at the wrong time. I even said, well, if I hadn't have been black, then it had been a different story. All that stuff that your mind does and tells you those lies. What happened to me was somebody that I didn't know gave me the book, Think and Grow Rich. And um, I read the book. And I always tell everybody, I not only read the book, but I was desperate. I did the exercises. Like you practiced. And, yeah, I practiced what it said. And the truth came out there. And the truth was, the, the, the biggest truth at that moment was that it's not them and it's not the bad in me. It's the good in me. The truth was that they're going to be who they are, meaning the rest of the world. Good, bad, everything is going to be how they are. But I don't have to be the way that I am in the moment. I can change that. And I was leading a pity party. Most people would say that it's ju it was justifiable because of what happened to me. But I ended the party, sent everybody home, <laughs> invited, invited in some new guests, and I started telling myself a new truth. And okay. the new truth was that I had control and I could, I could determine, make my own fate. Right, right. That was your, uh, when you had your fun times in Lancaster, California. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Joseph, that, that was, that's a great realization. I think we all have at some point in our lives, I know I have felt victimized. That victimization can cause deep hate. It can cause frustration. It can cause a whole lot of things. And as you said, once you accept, hey, you know, I'm none of those things. I'm me. Then you have an opportunity to, to, uh, to break through. Now, we're saying these things in very short sentences, but sometimes it takes a while to actually heal from these type of traumas. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, the process is, 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 not, uh, is not difficult. It's just the actual doing that, that's a little bit of a challenge. Along that same line, Dr. McClendon, tell us about, you have a, a process called Tell, Show, Do. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Uh, it's called Tell, Show, Try, Do. Try, Do. Okay. I love knowledge. I love to learn. 
as all of us do, if we're learning what we want to learn. You know, like most people say, well, I don't like to learn, but it's when, you, you know, watching television is learning. But I always say this, knowledge on itself, on its own, is just stored information. It doesn't get any change. It doesn't make anything happen. And so I always, as I will with you today, I always give people something to do because the do is going to produce the results. So okay. as you said, I, I, up until COVID, I was, I was in front of easily 10 to 20,000 people every month, sometimes in one sitting, we were 20,000 person on, uh, arena. In doing the seminars, my, I pride myself on you're going to get a result that you, that's tangible in that sitting while we're there. Otherwise, it's just me entertaining you and giving you information, not going to do it. Right. And so I have two unique skills at the risk of sounding arrogant. One of them is helping people in the moment, right then and there, create an emotional and behavioral change. Mm. That's what I did as a psychologist for so many sure. years. But the other skill is teaching people to do it for themselves. And so what I believe is when I'm teaching, when I'm working with somebody, I'm going to tell you. Then I'm going to show you by either example, I'll bring somebody on stage or I'll give you an example to a story or something to, to let you know, here's how it works. And then you and I are going to try it together Sure. and you'll get a result. And then you're going to, I'm going to give you something to do when you leave right. so that you can fortify that and put it into your nervous system and make it be a habitual part of who you are. So I'll show you. So that's the tell. Then I'll, I'll tell and I'll show you. And then we're going to try it together. Then you're going to give you something. Then you're going to do it. Okay. So when I see all those, those elderly white women shaking their ass for the attitude, <laughs> that's uh, that's the do part. Well, that's the try part. <laughs> that's the try part. The do, okay. the do, the do part, part is, is when, they when they get home. When they get home. Because everybody, it's always easy to do it right in front of me. Easier of to do it when you're there and you got me pushing you and moving you. But when you get home, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. Tell the people about attitude, what that is. <laughs> well, believe, believe it or not, there's science behind it, Doc. I believe it. I believe that, that as we move our bodies, we change our attitude. First off, our attitude determines our altitude. You heard all that stuff and yes. everything. So, so it is impossible, for example, to remain unresourceful, depressed, mad, upset with a smile on your face. And it's physiological. Because when you smile, your brain, as you know, releases a dopamine that makes you feel good. And so I found out that there's one area of the body that when it is moved in a specific way, it changes everything. It changes your whole attitude. And that's that ass. That ass, girl. Think about it. Think about, think about how happy you are in just in nature when you're when you're moving that part of your body. Right. And so I have people. Uh, and, and I'll put them in an unresourceful state, a really bad state, and I'll say, shake your ass. Shake that ass. And it changes their attitude. So I call it astitude. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And the do part, when they keep on doing it, it has a processional effect on their entire life because yeah. it brings joy. It brings anytime you, you repeatedly re release dopamine doing a certain activity, your body's going to want more of it and become addicted to it. Talking about sort of remaining optimistic, right? That's one of the things. And so I know that you use that technique also with everything that's going on, right? Not just with COVID, but with the racial stuff. I won't say it's going on. That's been going on, but sort of permeating and been perpetuated is coming to the surface. How do how can folks stay stay positive, you know, with all this well, stuff from the from the media, from TV, from the internet, blah, blah, blah. There's actually a process, as you might imagine, that I have for that. But first off, it is it's trained optimism. Optimism. 
Right. Trained optimism means that, you know, we build any habit by repetition. There's only two ways of learning things. One is through repetition and the other is what we call a significant emotional event. Something, bam, happens and you're impacted and it goes into your, into your unconscious. The other way is through repetition. And if we repeat, repeat something over and over again. Well, I always say that repetition is the mother of all skill, but repetition with reward and praise is the father. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you want to speed up the process, do it, praise yourself, do it, praise yourself, do it, praise yourself. And your nervous system is going to quickly learn I want more of that and it continues to do it. So there's four things to do that I always that I suggest now for people because we are bombarded with all the negativity and the negativity is the truth some nowadays, you know, and we're these, I'm not all of it, but it's some of the truth. So I'm not saying turn a blind eye to it because you'll get sideswiped if you do. I'm saying take it in the dosage that is going to be compatible with your forward motion. And for most people, that's about 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes. So limit that time that you're going to be in front of that screen watching any of the crap, you know, (laughs) but but some of it's necessary. You know, we have to be aware of what's going on. Otherwise you're, again, you're going to get blindsided. And so, so I I actually started off uh, going through the process is, is take your time to be silent for a moment, 15 minutes. I work in 15 minute increments. Take some time every day. I call it meditate. Now it freaks a lot of people out because it, it conjures up, you know, lotus position and ohm and things like that. But right. meditate means for me, when I teach people, it means shut the hell up. Don't say anything and don't look at a screen. Just shut up for 15 minutes because something interesting is going to happen. Within about five minutes, you're going to realize that there is a talker inside of your head that doesn't shut up. You have to listen to it. And you listen to what you're saying to yourself. And it's only about three things, about yourself, about other people, and about the world around you. If that conversation is not what I call love lifting, meaning making you feel good, about any of those three things, that's your signal to change it to change it. So if you have a conversation going on inside your head and you won't know it until you shut up because most of us are never alone. We got a screen in front of us, a cell phone or a computer or television or something like that or something going yak, yak, yak. But when you shut the noise out and you shut up, you're you're talking, it's going to come up. And so most of us, when we think about ourselves, we don't necessarily have the greatest opinion. You're too fat. You're too, too skinny. You're too black. You're too white. You're too stupid. You know, all that stuff. And if that's the case, change it. Repetition is the mother of all skill. Literally, I have a, uh, I've been saying this for years, Doc. I just, I say, um, I now command my unconscious mind to give me the power, the wit, the strength, the recall, the love, the tenacity, the passion, everything I need to make this an amazing day and to give people more than they're giving. And so I say those things to myself and that becomes my narrative. I have a half a dozen incantations and anybody can do that. You don't have to be as poetic as I do. You can just say a freaking rock. I'm amazing. I love myself. Say that over and over again and that will become the narrative. That's step number one. Step number two is, as I said, mitigate the fear. Limit yourself to at least, I mean, at the very most 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes. You can get everything you need, turn it on the news, turn it on on something and because it's going to be a news cycle, they're going to repeat. Mitigate that fear. And the third thing is, is to, we just talked about it before, move your body in some way. Go for a walk, shake that ass, breathe, do something. And then the last thing is, is mentoring. Not just get mentoring, 
because if, if everybody's listening to us now, and, and I commend you, Seiko, in what you're doing here, because you're a mentor to people, you're teaching people things. Yeah. But I always say, teach what you learn. And blame it on you or blame it on me. Go, right. listen, I was just on this podcast earlier and this is what I heard. Teach it to somebody else because you you give back and we start to build this loop, if you will, of positivity and hopefulness and, and that starts to grow. So those are the four things that I suggest that people can do yeah. while we're going through any challenges. Because what we're talking about here, really, what you're talking about is changing the frequency of your mind. And Don't that- get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Do not get me started. <laughs> and as you know, frequency has a vibrate. You know, a vibration has a frequency, and so you're, you're literally changing the vibration. Vibrations energy. You're changing the energy that you're carrying around based on how you feel. Matter of fact, is that on my wall back there? Right. I have on the wall back there. It says, "What I think, what I feel, what I do equals my vibration." And I just it's a exactly. it's a constant reminder for myself. So. With that, one thing that I heard you say in one of your interviews, which I actually did this morning, you, you, you'll like me for this, you'll, 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 you'll appreciate this. I was on my walk. I usually take a walk between 5.30 and 6.30 around my neighborhood just, just to be with nature. Again, it's about the vibration just to kind of and help me start my day off the right way. And I saw this woman I don't know, and she was coming towards me. And because of the whole COVID, she started to cross the street. And I said to her, in my mind, not to her, I love you. Yes. And it just did something so fantastic for me in that moment that even though the woman was avoiding me, she still said hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it changed. That's called my fifty-foot rule. I've had that for years, yeah. and it changes people, yeah. yourself and other people, yeah. that because of that vibration, like you said. Yeah, it's about the vibration. We can talk to each talk to each other through energy. Anyway, that's a whole nother talk. <laughs> Speaking of vibrations, one of my favorite books of all time, which a lot of people don't know about is uh, this book written by Dale Carnegie, Outwitting the Devil. There's so much powerful information in there. Whether you believe he was actually talking to who he says he was talking to or not, the information can't be denied. Because you're one of the few people I've ever seen promote the book, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about why you think it's important. And uh, I just wanted to bring it to the attention of my, of my listeners. As, some, yeah. as a key, as something they should to either read or get the audio book. Yeah, both. Both, yep. by the way, that is to me, that's the most effective way to, for, to read. Get the audio book, listen to the audio while you have the book in front of you so you can highlight the book. It goes mm. into your nervous system so much better mm. because it's a form of writing. And yeah. as you write, you write. Actually, my son is book reviewing that. That's his homework that he has ah. uh, every day uh, to read, read the book. The book was, was written by Napoleon Hill. Napoleon and it Hill, written, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was written at the same time that Think and Grow Rich was written the same time. They were all one book. It was written in 1938, but they divided into two books, two different books. And the reason being was you hit on it at the top. You said that it's abstract and whether you believe it or not, well, the challenge is in the thirties, people were extremely, extremely conservative. Right. And so Napoleon Hill's publishers and he himself said that it's, people aren't ready for this. <laughs> They're not right. ready for this for the second half of it. But they divided the book into two pieces and they didn't release Outwitting the Devil until 2011. Yeah. But when you read the book, you're going to swear that the book was written yesterday, even yeah. now, even with what's going sure. on right now. Sure. And what's so important about it is this. Think and Grow Rich was uh, about the characteristics of, uh, I call it wealthy people, because wealthy just, it does not just the money. To me, wealthy is healthy, happy, and financially abundant. 
and the characteristics that those people had and even some systems that they did that, that make them who they are. Outwitting the devil was more the psychology behind how we function as human beings. Sure. And he used the devil as being the nemesis. The devil is the, the that part of it, it, his conversation with the devil was that that is this real entity that speaks to you. And that entity speaks to you through your own voice, that speaks to you through your own feelings and making you do certain things and tempting you to do certain things. So his conversation with him is he tricks him and I'm not giving anything away in the sure. book. You read the book, you'll right. blow your way. Right. Trick him into actually the devil actually assisting him right. versus tampering him. Which is it's powerful a, in a, itself. Very powerful, very powerful. And, and like you said, Doc, if, even if you don't believe it, even if you think it's a fiction book, you cannot read it and come away going, I didn't learn something and maybe I can apply something. Right. Yeah. It's It's so powerful because it really shows you how you want to call it the mind, the devil, the ego, whatever you want to call it. But whatever that thing is that's pushing you into comfort, that's pushing you away from greatness, that's that thing. And it just gives like just, you know, verbatim the the language, the verbiage that that thing, that voice uses to keep you off track, you know, to keep yeah. you from your highest potential, your highest good. It's a fantastic book. I, I read it maybe three years ago and then I reread it like a year ago. But now that we're talking about, I'm going to pull it back out. And yeah, look at yeah, it again. Yeah. It's a book to read throughout your lifetime. Same with Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this is a interesting. You mentioned your son earlier because this is his homework assignment. If you, got, if you got a call from God tomorrow and he said, you know what, Joseph, it's your time. But you've got, before you go, you've got one lesson to teach your son. What would that be? Wow, what a great question. You know what? I, I think the lesson would be look back but don't stare. Look back, but don't stare. Look back on all of the things that you've learned, good and bad, but don't stare. Because if we, we can, you know, a lot of people keep dwelling on the past. And if you keep dwelling on the past and stay there, then you're not going to progress yeah. quickly. Yeah. And so if you look back and you look back at the lessons, because that's a ritual of mine right now, is I, I'm constantly looking back, even in what we're going through right now, is I look back and I go, how is this like something that happened in the past? And then what can I learn from it? So instead of going, this is just like that, and wow, all this stuff can happen, which by the way, is the intent of media hmm. and even television in general, entertainment, is to keep you looking backwards, not forward. Hmm. So when I say don't stare, look, get your lessons, but then look forward. Right. Where are you going to Quick. Keep where you're Quick. Yeah. It reminds me of the difference between psychotherapy and coaching. You know, psychotherapy is very much about the past and dwelling in the past. And I did psychotherapy for years. As many of my listeners know, I was molested as a child and I got very, very little, you know, small amounts of, of achievement in terms of healing. And I had one or two powerful coaching ses sessions and <laughs> just like, you know, to your point, looking forward, these sessions were focused around now and forward. And I got a lot of, a lot of benefit out of it. So for folks that are listening, not to say that, that your therapist is, 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 is bad, what I'm saying is that uh, there's a combination of, of techniques and things that you can use to help you on your healing journey. And something like coaching or, or something like an, you know, an intense, maybe 
a weekend, um, you know, excursion or getaway that's focusing on what are you going to do from now going forward, a lot of times helps propel you away from those things. And as, as Joseph said, you can just take a glance back there, but you don't need to dwell on it. I like the way you put that, that psychotherapy, uh, it's useful. It really is. And I, I'm trained in that. That yep. was my, my uh, beginnings. And I'll say this, everything has evolved, everything, including that practice. And when, when I was in college, when I was in school, they, they taught us, like, for example, they taught us that if you have a phobia, fear of dogs, fear of heights, or something like that, but it's going to take six months to a year, sometimes three to five years for you actually to get over it. Mm. You're going to come into my office, you're going to lay it on my couch, and we're going to talk about what happened, and we're going to avoid the issue. Well, I learned something. I'm a neuropsychologist. Right. And, and I break it down like this. I say that traditional psychology have one way of interacting with you, my voice to your ears. I'm going to ask you questions. You're going to make some pictures and so on and so forth. But neuro is your five senses. Hmm. So as a neuropsychologist, I have five areas that I can enter your consciousness and unconsciousness. And I use all of them hmm. if I have to. But in short, it's evolved to a different methodology, like you said. And so, for example, I don't practice anymore but uh, the way I did, but if you have a fear of dogs and you come into my office, take a guess what's going to be in my office. Probably a dog or a picture of a dog. Yeah, a dog. There's going to be a live dog because I'm going to have you experience the now and then we're going to do something about it right now. And at the end of that hour session, you're going to hold the dog. You're going to be comfortable with the dog. And then I'm going to give you something to do when you go home to seek out and hold other dogs. And so we get a result right then and there through process. I always say that process is progress, not thought, not intention, process. And so to your point, what happened with you with your coaching session was they gave you a process. They took you through something. You got a result in the moment, which is akin to, like I said, that was a significant emotional event. Right. And that's why you had the quicker change. Yeah. And it, it, you know, for me, it also speaks to, we always minute to minute, second to second, have a choice. We can make a choice. And although it seems difficult, you know, people have gone through some horrible things. You can literally change how you feel about it, how you see it, in you know minutes and, and we do minutes. yeah 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 the trick is how do you make it stick so that that minute turns into an hour which turns into a day which turns into a year and then a lifetime sure sure uh, listen let's jump into the next section yes or bs so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna make a statement and then you will uh say yes or bs and you can expound or not it's up to you <laughs> okay number one the cell phone is the greatest human tool. Oh, wow. You bastard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. 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 I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes with a caveat. Okay. okay. Yes, it's BS. I'm going to say yes. Yes. I'm going to say yes because you said a human tool. Yes. And a tool is only as useful as the user and it's only as good as the user uses it. That's true. So uh, used correctly, it is the greatest, one of the greatest tools that we've ever, that has ever been created because at the very least, it expands our wisdom. It expands our ability to reach outside of ourselves. It makes it global. It is estimated that 80 
5% and more of all of the knowledge of all of the human beings since the dawn of time is on the internet somewhere. Mm. And so through my cell phone, I can, I can tap into that. If I want to know the temperature of uh, the water in Iceland right now, I can ask Siri and she'll tell me. Yeah. So in that, in that regard, it is the greatest. It's also a conduit to do the very thing that we started this conversation about, which is it's a conduit to bring that bad news into our and, and bad things into our lives as well. So for sure, for sure. All right. If you thought I was a bastard on that one, you're really going <laughs> to. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. <laughs> the brain is the greatest human tool. I'm going to say yes. Okay. That was a clear yes. In, that's right. a straight up yes. Absolutely. I'm not gonna, and, and with the same caveat, the brain in the hands of the right user. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because we have some leaders with some brains inside of their skulls yeah. that are. Don't get me started. <laughs> All right. Number three. All people and races are essentially the same. Uh, you're going to get it again, you bastard, right? <laughs> um, I, I will have to say yes, essentially. Okay. okay. I, I believe that we are created similar, equally similar, meaning we all have the same type of nervous system, same type of brain, same type of body, and those general things are inside of us. I think we're created that way. I would say, I believe that we are created equal in that sense. Obviously, there's different skin tones and different facial features sure, and height and sure. like that. Generally, I mean on the inside. I should have clarified that. Yeah. I mean on the inside. Okay, yeah. I would, I would say on the inside, yes. Okay. And what happens to us as we grow our influences, that's, a whole that's what makes us yeah. unequal. <laughs> yes. yes, correct. Unequal, fractured, and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Number four, stage fright is unnatural. B.S. bs and here's the reason why all right we are born with the need to keep people around us it's an instinct with us when we come out of the womb something inside us lets us know that if we don't have people around us then we will die because human beings are the only creature on the planet past the age of three years old that is dependent on somebody else for our emotional and physical needs period. The closest to us, I think, is an elephant. Mm. Human beings, 30, 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and so we're, our, our creator gave us the instinct to keep people around us. That is what's called fear of rejection. If people move away from us, if they reject us, it strikes that fear of death inside of us. Mm. And so it plays out in many, many ways. It is why uh, you know, a, a, young, a young man won't approach a woman because right. he's afraid he's going to get rejected. Sure. It, it, you know, even though he knows intellectually that his chances of being with that woman are much better if he approaches her than if he doesn't, what keeps him back? So stage fright is just another form of fear of rejection. So I think it's natural inside. I think it's natural. Okay. Yeah. I once heard a, a speaker say that she didn't have stage fright because she wasn't focusing on herself when she was on stage. She was focusing on the audience. And I thought which, that is, was, which is a very effective tool. Yeah, I thought and that was, she did something about it. Yeah, yeah very I, I think that I think that's for 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 folks listening. You know, they say public speaking is one of the top fears. For for pe- for people listening, I think that's a nice a nice tool. And I also found myself when I started to really just focus on my message to the audience that it made public speaking a lot uh, a lot easier. I didn't even ask you any public speaking questions. I'm thinking about it. You, you I, I I missed that, but. <laughs> 
maybe I'll, I'll do a bonus question at the end. Okay. Number five and the last one. Success is a most uncomfortable procedure. Oh, uh, let's see. Initially, yes. Initially, yes. Because you've got to get outside of your comfort and you've got to face that fear that we we're just talking about. You've got to face the fear of rejection. You know, you've got to face the fear of, of failure. Uh, so it is, it is initially uncomfortable. You know, I have a, a term that I call megapreneurs, entrepreneurs that are exceptional, but not just exceptional in that field that they're in, exceptional in their ability to do anything at the higher level. And again, to be wealthy, healthy, happy, and financially abundant. And so if they have the skill set to build a business, that same skill set is transferable into having a healthy body. That same skill set is transferable into having a healthy relationship. And so a megapreneur, you know, I, I actually, one of the courses that I, I have, I, I teach is about being a megapreneur. So to bring your your entrepreneurial skills to the next level and bring them into the other areas of your life as well. Sure. Because especially right now, when we're in right now, now is the perfect time to be doing that kind of stuff because we have more of an opportunity. Well, yeah, I mean, with, with, with everything going right now, it's like going on right now, it's like, you know, either you can go one or two ways. If your relationship was already shaky and, you know, not based on anything strong, probably a lot of divorce is happening or going to happen. Yeah. Or you can take the opportunity because you're in such close proximity to really try to gel and, and, and lock in and, and tighten and solidify your relationship. Mark my words. Watch this. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. It's going to be a lot of babies born. November. Okay. Yeah. November. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. Yeah. March, it's we true. started lockdowns. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I've got three and... uh I was like, listen, if my wife wasn't on the pill, yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm meeting you for the first time. Um, one thing that um I noticed from you, from your interviews and also meeting you in person was a a, a very high degree of self certainty. And I know there's a gift that you want to give the listeners. Yeah. yeah. Talk about um, talk a little bit about that. I'd be honored. Um first off, certainty is different than confidence. Confidence is something that you you muster in the moment. In other words, somebody says, somebody, there's a challenge that comes up and you gotta work yourself up to it and you gotta go, okay, I'm gonna do this. And you gotta talk yourself into it and do all those things in the moment. Certainty is something that lives inside of you. You have certainty. You're being confident, okay? But you have certainty. And so I created something a while ago called the Self-Certainty Masterclass. And it's everything that we said at the top. It's tell, show, try, do. It's not just me motivating you and things like that. I'm going to give you things to do that have that effect that help you change your internal conversation, your internal identity that changes you from the inside out. Activities to get you to change, uh, to create more certainty into you. And it's a, uh, I think it's about five hours of audio. And again, it's not just sitting and listening. I'm going to have you do some things. And it's going to be a little uncomfortable. But each step is to fortify that certainty in you. A workbook comes along with it. And I would be honored uh, if you listeners, your listeners, uh, would accept my gift free of charge. It is not a, you know, uh, uh, what is it, a, a trial basis. Well, it's a not lead, a, a lead, lead generator. generator. Yeah. It's not a, any of that stuff. It's absolutely, totally free. Now, let me tell you something. I I'm an advocate of if people don't pay, they don't pay attention. 
because if you don't have any skin in the game, then people don't pay attention. But mostly is because they're so distracted and they got other options and things. So I'm giving this away. If you go to my website, I'm going to charge you 400 bucks for it. Right. But if you go here where I'm going to tell you, you can go and get it for free. I do have one request, though, and that is this. You do what I said at the top of this. You spread the wealth. I'm not telling that you have to give this course to anybody. I'm just saying you share what you've learned with other people. You be a mentor. You share your successes. I'm not looking for the credit. You don't even have to mention me at all. You just say, here's what I learned. And then if you get results, which you will, then you give it to somebody else. So you can get that by going to my Instagram, which is I am Joseph McClendon, J-O-S-E-P-H-M-C-C. L-E-N-D-O-N. I am Joseph McClendon. And if you click on my profile, a menu will drop down and you'll see it. Self-Certainty Masterclass. You click on it. It downloads it to you. You have it. Please use it. Get a result. And the reason I'm doing this is because I, I firmly believe that right now the world needs leaders. Leaders have certainty. True leaders have certainty. And even the bad ones, they have certainty. And that's why people follow them. And so I'm trusting that the, the fact that your listeners are listening to this call, it means that they've got goodness in them. Yeah. They've got magnificence in them. And so want to grow. I want you to have this and you be the, the beacon of hope for other people as well. Perfect. Perfect. It's a great, great way to, to end with that gift. Thank you so much, Dr. McClendon. Pleasure. Thank you for coming. I will sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it.